0: Hello and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alerts podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Megan Liz Smith, and joining me as always is the wonderful Annika Mariles. Thanks for having me on, Megan. We have two roundtable topics today. First, I will be talking about a lawsuit challenging the limits on what
1: can and can't be called MEAT. Then we'll be talking about craft beer, an industry that's grown dramatically in St. Louis over the past decade. And to finish it off, we'll fill
0: you in on all the other entrepreneurship stories you should know from this week. Now, let's get started with the roundtable. This Tuesday, the state of Missouri officially became the first in the country to outlaw the word meat from being used on anything but real animal flesh. Basically, if it wasn't once living and breathing, it doesn't count. This took effect on Tuesday, but was officially signed into
1: law by the governor back in June. Right. So unless bills have what's called an emergency clause, which makes them go into effect immediately, they mostly become law on a particular effective date this year, August 28th. So a bunch of laws went into effect yesterday, this being one of them. Uh, And so what's happening with the law now, Megan? A coalition of groups, including the ACLU,
0: the vegetarian turkey giant Tofurky, Good Food Institute, and the Animal Legal Defense Fund, are banding together to sue the state. Their lawsuit hinges on the idea that the Missouri law infringes First Amendment rights to free speech. The lawsuit notes that there's no evidence that consumers were confused about meat alternatives. The Office of the Missouri Attorney General, for example, has received zero complaints from consumers who accidentally purchased plant-based meats that they thought were from animals. The plaintiffs said in their statement that no one buys tofurkey plant-based deli slices thinking they were carved from a slaughtered animal. Any more than people are buying almond milk thinking it was squeezed from a cow's udder. In response to that, some of those who pushed for the law claimed they weren't trying to target companies like Tofurky. Instead, they were concerned about the new trend of lab-grown meat. Uh, So who is behind the original bill? It was heavily supported by the Missouri Cattlemen's Association. And the state senator, Sandy Crawford, who supported the bill, has made clear the intention was not alleviating consumer confusion, but limiting competition. So in summary? This is a common theme for entrepreneurs in a new industry. The major established players don't like their businesses being disrupted, so they get together and lobby for legislation that will stop it. We've seen it with hotels and Airbnb, taxis and Uber, traditional retail and Amazon. It's been done before, and it's going to be done again. That's it for this story. So, Annika,
1: let's hear about craft beer. Uh, Well, today I brought a couple of stories from Missouri's craft beverage industry. Um, A new story in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reports that since 2008, the number of craft breweries operating in St. Louis has more than quadrupled. In one decade, they went from 12 to 52 craft breweries and production increased 365 percent. Whoa, way to go, craft beer. And the Post-Dispatch notes that the city's craft beer boom has been more pronounced since 2008. That's the same year that St. Louis-based Anheuser-Busch was sold to Belgium's InBev. In the previous decade, just five breweries opened in the St. Louis area, but in the decade after the acquisition, 46 opened. So what's the big deal? What's, what's the takeaway here? <laughs> well, it looks like St. Louis is ahead of the national average in craft breweries, both in number of operating craft breweries and in the amount of beer produced. And as we we're looking into this story, another story about Missouri's craft beverage industry popped up, this one out of Kansas City. So Jacob Rieger and Company, or J. Rieger, is a craft distillery in Kansas City, and they announced Tuesday that they're planning a multi-million dollar expansion. Ooh, what will this do? Expanding is a way to help the distillery quintuple their production and grow its team from a half dozen employees to more than 40 by next spring. The company is going to renovate its current 15,000 square foot facility and expand into another 45,000 square foot space. And this is going by sales volume. J. Rieger is among the top 10 largest U.S. distilleries. The new facility is expected to be completed next year, and they think it'll draw 100,000 visitors annually. It's going to have multiple bars and tasting spaces, a gift shop, and an interactive historic exhibit.
0: Ooh, fun. That's it for our roundtable. We will be back after a quick break.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Drew Pilevski, and I'm here to let you know that Speaking Startup is now looking for sponsors. If you're looking for a creative way to market to an audience of informed business decision makers across the state of Missouri, Speaking Startup is the place for you. For more information about how you can promote your company through Speaking Startup, check out the link in the description. Now, back to the program.
3: Um, Today, though, we have a special guest in our maiden voyage of going on Facebook Live. Parker Boron of Apex Media. Why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Parker Boron. I'm a senior at the business school, and uh, my emphasis is in marketing, and I'm the co-owner and founder of Apex Media. Thank you for inviting me, Ethan.
3: No, I'm happy to have you here, and thanks for coming in on this main voyage, and we're going to buckle up. It's going to be hopefully not a rocky ride (laughs) we'll have fun we'll Well, we'll definitely have fun talking apex media so why don't you describe us what apex media is
2: of course and with apex media i guess i'll start with how the idea came to me and about a year ago i was talking to an old colleague from high school and he mentioned that he was doing something pretty similar in more of the whole world where my lens is more of the columbia area and as he was describing what he did it sounded a lot like a, like a pyramid scheme and it kind of was a pyramid scheme. And I thought to myself, I was like, wow, that's, well, one, that's not ethical. And two, this idea of social media marketing can be implemented here in the Columbia area. So essentially, I was thinking, I was like, hey, we got these brilliant Stratcom people coming from all over the United States. Just uh, go to this great journalism program that we have. Why don't we take their experiences and what they've learned inside and outside the classroom, and allow them to work in their own space, and allow them to be as creative as they want, and really make impact in the community. Develop those portfolios and make a little money on the side. So essentially, what Apex Media does is it pairs up these local businesses with we what we call them as social media specialists. Where uh, my good friend Hunter, who's um, the one uh, social media specialist that I have on uh, on our group, he uh, will be paired with, for example, let's go Harpo's. We have Harpo's uh, downtown. They have I use Harpo's as an example because they have a great social media presence. And where Hunter will come in and take over their social media accounts and make sure that their brand is really being put out there and they're engaging their audience and potential customers and really making sure that everything's being uh, run smoothly and being just an oversight for those accounts, making sure that um, they can reach out to any customers that have questions and providing any consulting for that demographic.
3: So for those who don't know the Columbia, Missouri area, Harpo's a popular bar where the local uh, kids hang out nowadays, as I've been told. Um, what other? What, what are some clients that you guys have been getting so far?
2: So big names, I guess, from the Columbia area. I have to remember that there's a bigger world outside of Columbia, Missouri. Um, one is a company called Mac Doodles. And Mcadoodles is a a bigger liquor store that we have uh right outside campus. They do have a that, drive-through. That
3: freaks me out. The drive-through. <laughs> liquor
2: store. Yeah, they got the drive-through, and they have. They're they're kind of all about the experience of not just going into your typical convenience and liquor store. So that's one example. Another that we're looking to talk to is Shortwave Coffee, which is a little like. in the wall coffee shop if you've ever been.
3: It's a real hole in the wall, right? It's like (laughs) underground in the alleyway. Like under the stairs
2: and and Yeah, it's it's exactly it. And it's it's a scary place to walk down there sometimes. If if you don't if you don't know where you're going, you know, um, you might not ever find it. And that's what I kind of like about it. And I know Hunter, I've mentioned Hunter before, and that's Hunter's favorite place to go get coffee because they're all about the experience as well. And that's a, it would be a great company to get a hold of. Well, talk to me about that grind. Like, what does that happen, you know, on a daily day basis like we were talking about before? Apex is always in my mind 24-7. Like I was telling you today, it was it was keeping me up from sleeping because I think all entrepreneurs, they always have that that voice in the back of their head, always kind of like, hey, how about this idea? Or hey, how about that idea? and whether i always have a pencil on me no matter where i go or even my phone where i use like the notes app and always taking notes and ideas that pop in my head whether i hear it from just simple conversation from i hear down the street or whether i'm talking to my friends uh professor a ta or looking stuff up online you know after i write them down later on the day you just gotta Look through those ideas that you have, whether like the resources or different pricing strategies or how to approach different businesses and just kind of like testing the waters and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So, what happens? Because we were saying before,
3: Columbia, Missouri, it seems like a big world here, although yeah. the rest of the world's a lot bigger. What are you trying to do to get outside Columbia, Missouri?
2: Of course. And how I don't know if you've ever seen the, the movie The Social Network with uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Nice. Um, His approach with Facebook was to establish it at Harvard, I believe, that was where he attended, and then progress to other schools similar, like whether it was Ivy League schools, but then he was going to bigger universities. However, our approach is similar, but a little bit different, where we want to tackle the school, like college towns that have a good presence like Columbia, Missouri does, where they have a good relationship between the campus and that downtown environment. And they also have some talented J-School students there. And I I narrow it down to J-School because that's what I'm familiar with. But when you have StratCom students who are talented or people who just are great with content marketing, I should say, then really looking at that resource and getting them paired up with businesses in their areas.
3: Because you're a business major, you're not necessarily known for creating content. I mean, how many times have you picked up a camera? Uh,
2: besides my phone? Yeah. Zero.
3: Zero, right? An SD card? Never. Oh, never. Maybe
2: once when I was um, looking through like home videos or uh-huh. something.
3: <laughs> so you never edited before either. So yeah, no. Talk to me about the role of that Stratcom student in your business and how you get those people.
2: Of course. And that's something I kind of laugh about. Um, sometimes when I talk to others where it's like I'm running a social media marketing company and social media and uh, the sense of creation isn't my strong suit. However, where I thrive is the strategic marketing and how to work with others and that people relationship. And really a lot of what I do is just that sales and operations and making sure that I can provide the knowledge to these social media specialists and make sure that when they're working with uh, whatever businesses they're paired up with, making sure that the right content or the right strategy is being put out there and making sure the right demographics are being and how to really provide benefit and value to those businesses.
3: So I wanna make sure I'm getting this right here. You would more, the research side They're more the content side.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because I was actually having a conversation about this earlier this morning about how in the business school, you have a marketing degree, and then at the journalism school, you have strategic communications, StratCom for uh, for short. And in the J school, it's more about that content and then a little bit of that marketing side as well. And then at the business school, it's at the strategic level and that research level. So it kind of pairs up nicely with at least what I'm doing
3: talk to me
2: about that balance <sighs> balance that's a uh, I I know they talk about work-life balance a lot in the workplace and that's something I don't have as much because I may dedicate some hours to myself but like I kind of told you before how we how we were spoken or speaking about how I'm always got that my my mind's racing and I have those notes ready and I'm always working or grinding on something else you know and always I got my gears turning
3: what is your startup in one GIF?
2: In one GIF. Um, or JIF. Or JIF, however you pronounce it. I've yeah. always gone with the, that first pronunciation. It's GIF.
3: JIF is the peanut butter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%. I, I, I used to buy that brand. Yeah.
2: Now I'm more of a great value guy. I'm know? more
3: always Skippy. Okay. And then I went to college and then I stopped having money. <laughs> and now I have store brand.
2: Uh, yeah, if I had to describe it in a, in a GIF, it would be... Uh, and there's that gif of Donald Glover walking into the, the building with the pizza and everything's on fire. I would say that, that would describe, that's what, what's going on in my brain a lot because you know, it's a lot of trial and error being an entrepreneur and making sure that uh, what you're, like I kind of mentioned before, just making sure that you're on the right track and doing the right things and, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Did you ever have a pitch go off the rails? Uh, yeah, actually. There, there has been one time where it was – um two days ago actually and there was this one uh potential client that i've been working with um in the downtown area uh i won't get into the names of the business just for uh my embarrassment and uh we had a pitch and he uh he's been doing fairly well recently so he's not that like that activation threshold and that pain threshold very low so he's doing well he doesn't feel like he needs to change anything don't fix it if it's not broken right
3: sure but how does this pitch go off the rails and what's going, well,
2: what's going through your head while you're
3: watching this spin out of control? Yeah,
2: and that's funny how you, you mentioned or described it like that because after that pitch, you know, he, he declined, but he's going to keep in contact with us and make sure that we kind of are a resource if he ever needs us, and I was perfectly fine with that. But I plan to call him the next week, so this is a couple days ago, and i called him on the phone i already kind of had it like pre-scripted and how i wanted to approach it and talk about it and as soon as i heard his voice on the other end the aggressive salesman in me came out and i was asking him if we could do some free trials when initially i didn't even want to talk about that i just want to give him some information and materials that he could use but uh while that conversation was going on, my head's I'm at the back of the voice in the back of my head's like, What are you doing? You gotta you gotta like lay back, you're being way too aggressive. You need to uh, take in consideration his needs and wants and uh unfortunately uh wasn't a sale there, but he um he stuck with me for the long haul and he's still gonna reach out when he gets the chance.
3: Yeah. Nothing's better than when you're watching something go wrong in your head, and the wheels in your head, and the voices in your head, and you're like, "Oh no!" This yeah.
2: Is not. <laughs> it's, it's and then you kind of like you're backtracking your wheel and you're wheeling back and forth in your head. and You're like, "Oh, what can, what can I do to fix this? How can I fix this?" And yeah, that's uh, that's one of the obstacles you have to always take into consideration if you're in that sales world. So how do you balance school obligations and the business? From one of our
3: yeah, folks so which are right there? I
2: can I can answer that. And what I look at doing is it's all about priorities and organization and I am a student. So schoolwork does come first for me. And then that next priority is actually I should backtrack. If my girlfriend's watching, she's my number one priority. <laughs> not just uh not just schoolwork, but uh schoolwork. Watch, watch yourself. <laughs> and, uh, school work is a huge priority of mine and that business is right there and i would say that business i mean i'm a little bit on the crazy side but it'll come before like sleeping and eating like today i was telling you i was i couldn't go back to sleep because i just had business uh, ideas and concepts and resources going through my mind i couldn't i had to get out of bed and get ready for the day and just get get after it but to answer the question how i balance that is i, I rely in my lifeblood is my google calendar and my phone calendar because i i constantly i'm updating those i mean i got probably like 10 things in there right now and i'm all about kind of like making those the the check boxes after i get something done and just making sure that um i have everything updated and making sure that uh the school works in there too
0: It is time for our favorite segment, a look at some important numbers in startup and entrepreneurship news. Can I get your digits?
1: So, Annika, can I get your digits? Sure can, Megan. This week, my number is 112. A study released by the Kansas City Federal Reserve Bank looked at African-American women in the U.S. startup environment. They found that Missouri had the fastest growing number of employer businesses owned by African-American women at 112% between 2002 and 2012. Megan, can I get your digits? My digit for this week
0: is 82. That's the percentage of shoppers that use the near-me feature on their iPhone. According to new research from Uberall, 82% of smartphone users. That shows that smartphones have really become the go-to research companion for consumers, and that's an opportunity for brands and marketers. Which is good news for anyone that's worried about the downfall of brick-and-mortar retail. I think it's time for the day's headlines. We talked about two startup stories already from this week's news,
1: but there's a lot more that you shouldn't miss out on. So here's what you need to know. First up, a new tech fund. St. Louis-based venture capital firm Cultivation Capital has raised over $25 million for a new technology fund. Next up, a Kansas City-based
0: financial institution called AltCap is geared toward community development. According to Startland News, they've raised over $300,000 so far for a fund to help rehabilitate housing in Kansas City's urban core.
1: And a topic that we've talked about
0: arguably too much. I think our editor Michael Stacey might argue that we aren't even talking about them enough.
1: I'm going to say arguably too much in previous episodes, I would argue. Uh, It's scooters. Bird, a California-based scooter-sharing company, dropped their scooters in Columbia last week as part of a pop-up tour of 150 colleges and universities. They didn't notify Mizzou officials ahead of time, and the university wants them gone. (laughs) And finally, on Saturday, Kansas City
0: started a massive citywide festival celebrating visual and performing arts. It's called Open Spaces, and it's running through October 28th. As always, let's end this week with an entrepreneurship
1: quote. So what quote did you choose for this week, Megan?
0: I've got one from the board chair of the Kansas City Startup Foundation. Sarah Shipley recently spoke at a series of community work sessions. This is what she said. A startup community is a strong group the city of Kansas City, Missouri, should embrace, especially as it crafts local legislation and regulations that will shape the metro for generations.
1: (laughs) That's interesting. Did you by any chance choose that because it kind of ties into the interview we did last week about Kansas City Startup Week?
0: You know, I actually didn't think about that, but you are so right. Because Startup Week, you know, isn't that that's all about talking with legislators?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's about entrepreneurs and legislators communicating, building dialogues so that legislators know what concerns startups have when it comes to crafting legislation.
0: This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Anna Kamerales and me, Megan Liz Smith. Our theme music was produced by Poddington Bear.
1: We'll speak to you next week.